0: Just how much you've done, knowing every victory was your power in us. Scars and struggles on the way, but with joy our hearts can say, Yes, our hearts can say, Never on the way but with joy our hearts can say never once did we ever walk alone carried by your constant grace held within your perfect peace never once did we ever walk alone never once did we ever walk alone The balcony of space stood up pure and holy God, and in solitude, he stood alone. one faint star to give him light just endless rolling black as night somehow through all the darkness he could see he saw mountains high and lofty the valleys lush and green babbling brooks wildflowers grow even heard a robin sing but he fell strange compassion as close to love as pain can be standing out there in my tomorrows he saw in me He saw me in his likeness, he saw me just like him. Pure, clean, and holy, spotless, white as snow. become like me
1: Thank you so much, Derek. We appreciate those songs. They're definitely moving. Turn with me, if you would, to Joel, chapter number three. The book of Joel, chapter number three. Uh, finish uh, preaching in the book of Joel. I was uh, kind of struggling the, to wrap it up. I kept looking back, and I was like, man, did we really talk about this enough? And did we really uh, did we talk about the fact that You know, I kept going back and I I love those verses in verse 23 of chapter number two, or excuse me, uh, in uh, verse 25 of chapter number two, I will restore to you the years that the locusts, I was like, man, we really need to go back and preach that again. But I said, no, let's try to, you know, keep as we're going and keep with the big picture. And uh, and uh, so we're going to be here in chapter number three. I want to read verses 11 ...through 16 of Joel chapter 3, verses 11 through 16. The Bible says this, Assemble yourselves, and come all ye heathen, and gather yourselves together round about thither, past thy mighty ones, to come down, O Lord. Let the heathen be wakened, and come up to the valley of Jehoshaphat, for there will I sit to judge all the heathen, all the heathen round about. Put ye in the sickle, for the harvest is ripe. Come get you down, for the press is full, the fats overflow, for their wickedness is great. Multitudes, multitudes in the valley of decision. For the day of the Lord is near in the valley of decision. The sun and the moon shall be darkened, and the stars shall withdraw their shining. The Lord also shall roar out of Zion and utter His voice from Jerusalem, and the heavens and the earth shall shake. But the Lord will be the hope of His people and the strength of the children of Israel. Let's pray. Dear Heavenly Father, we thank You that we can open up the Word of God tonight. Dear Lord, uh, we thank you for the folks that come out on Wednesday night, love the book, love the Word of God, want to learn from it. Dear God, I pray that you'd encourage them tonight in the Word of God. Dear Lord, we know we need your encouragement for the week. We need to be lifted up. We're, we're working, we're out there uh, uh, in the world and, and we see what's going on. And uh, so many of us are, uh, are working long hours and uh, providing for our families and taking care of all of those things. And so tonight, dear God, as we come in and we look at the word of God, uh, we need it to speak to us. We need it to say uh, something that will uh, uh, interact with our mind and then reach down into our heart. And uh, dear Lord, the word of God does that. So tonight I pray that you'd keep our minds sharp, that dear God, you'd also help us, dear Lord, to uh, if it challenges our heart, that dear God, we would look and say, what. What do I need to do, Lord, with what the Word of God is saying to me? So I pray that you'd uh, just uh, help us tonight. In your wonderful name we pray, amen. All right, so if you came in uh, at the end of choir practice on Sunday, Daryl was singing In the Valley of Decision. And uh, it's a great song and an old song, and uh, it's pulling a lot of its uh, stuff from this passage of Scripture right here. I've also heard lots of preaching from this passage of scripture about the valley of decision. But what I want to do tonight is I want to give you the biblical text as it's given and then let you kind of make up your mind about what is being spoken about in the valley of decision and what is going on in that place. Uh, And so we're just going to take a look at it. I'm going to do this very simply tonight. This is the last chapter of this book. We have noticed that the book is very Uh, put together very well. We notice that in chapter number one, Joel speaks of a literal locust that come and eat the land and bring the judgment. In chapter number two, Joel says, listen, if you're not careful, this is what God is gonna do on a bigger scale. God is gonna do this with an army that is gonna come and it's gonna take over. And then in chapter number three, he starts to speak about not only, again, as we spoke about right now, near future, far future. He starts to speak of the day of the Lord. As a matter of fact, as I keep pointing out, and some of you are probably noticing it as well, that if you have a Schofield Bible like mine and you were to go into the center sections, you're going to know that uh, it is being referred to over and over in Revelation chapter number 16, Revelation chapter number 19, that these things are being cited, that this is prophetic of the last day days, the very last days. And so uh, we understand what's going on there. So as he comes to the last one, this is his prophecy about far future, the days that we haven't even seen yet. And so he comes to this and as he opens it up, he says, listen, I want you to understand what is going on, that in this valley of Jehoshaphat, that God is going to gather all of the nations, all of the nations he's going to bring them all to that place and he is going to come to this place and in that place he is going to be their judge and so he starts to talk about that and how they go and all the things that will come and how he's going to be that judge and then he's going to make war we see these verses beat your plowshares into swords they're reversed into other passages of Scripture that we know that speak of time of peace. This one is speaking of time of war. And he says, listen, God is going to, and we don't want, I don't want to use the phrase exact his revenge, but he is going to judge the nations. God will not be mocked. He will not. He is the judge of every man. And He will judge all of the nations, and we're going to take a look at that in just a moment. And then at the end, as we come through verses seventeen through twenty-one, which I absolutely love, those verses, we're going to see an idea of the full of the kingdom of God uh, uh, coming down to man. We see pictures there of uh, the eternal Jerusalem. We see pictures there of an eternal world. And we see that. And all of those things together, put together, if we want to study that out in that way, a picture for us of what the new heaven and the new earth will look like, of what it will be like to, uh, to be a part of that world. Uh, and again, as I was pointing out and thinking in my mind today, if ever, and I did, I wanted to go back so bad and preach on restoring the years if ever there was a God that can restore the years that are lost it's Jehovah God because one day and I believe this in a new heaven and a new earth that is the way this earth was supposed to be he's going to give us eternity to live in that world he can restore the years that are lost he can do that it's amazing And I I know that it's a Wednesday night, and I'm not getting a lot of amens on that, but I thought it was worthy of at least one. Amen? Thank you, Brother Harry. And so uh, it's amazing what God is going to do with all that. So now that we've done that, I want us to look at this, and I just want to point out a few things so that we see this right here. As I said, I've heard this preached several times, and I've heard even as the song that's talking about that we come to the valley of decision and that there's a decision to be made for the Lord, and I'm going to do this. But when we read this text, okay, and when we pick up on this text, that's not what's happening. I am not making a decision in the Valley of Decision. God is making a decision in the Valley of Decision. He is the judge. He has gathered all of the nations. He's the one that has brought them all there, and now He is saying, listen, You are going to be judged. Now, here's what's so important about it. What are they being judged upon? Well, let's go back because our text does not leave us blind in that. So let's go back to verse number one and let's just do a little bit of reading and see how that helps us. For behold, in those days and in that time when I shall bring again the captivity of Judah and Jerusalem, I will also gather all nations and I will bring them down into the valley of Jehoshaphat and will plead with them for my people and for my heritage Israel whom they have scattered among the nations and parted my land. And they have cast lots for my people and have given a boy for an harlot and sold a girl for wine that they might drink. Yea, and what have ye to do with me, O Tyre and Zidon, and the coasts of Palestine? Will ye render me a recompense? Will ye, and, and if ye recompense me swiftly and speedily, will I return your recompense upon your head? Because ye have taken my silver and my gold and have carried into your temples my goodly pleasant things. It's pretty apparent what God is judging them for, isn't he? He is judging them on how they have dealt with the nation of Israel. That's what he's judging them on. He is bringing them to a point, and he's saying, listen, how have you dealt with Israel? Listen, you can say whatever you want, but if you become a student of this Bible, you're going to start to realize real quick that those people Israel are really, really, really important. And how you treat them? How you talk about them, what you say to them and about them is a big deal to God. Listen, I don't get it all. I don't understand it. Why does he choose this people? I don't know. His ways are higher than my ways. Amen. And you know what? I'm not going to question him on this one because I've done enough reading in this book to see that this is a big deal. Okay. And when we get into the new ta- or when we get into the far time, okay? The church and Israel are two separate things. He is going to restore the nation of Israel. Okay? The church is not a replacement for Israel. It's a big deal. And so we see this that he is going to judge the nations and he is showing this for the future. He's also showing this for the hope of Israel. For the pride of this people, so that they understand that God is not going to forsake them. What a promise to them. That guess what? One day, every wrong that has been done to that people is going to be reconciled. God is going to restore the years. That's amazing, isn't it? Because there's been a lot of wrong done to that people. There's been a lot of wrong done to the nation of Israel. And God is going to make them answer for it. And so here we find in this passage of scripture, as we see it and as we come to it, that this is what they are being judged upon. They are having this take place in their life. And this is what's going on. Now, I want you to notice this as well, that as they come to this and as they have uh, are being judged for that, that we see that God uh, lays out this whole thing that's going on, and we see it. He puts the sickle forth. He makes ready for war. And we see the very images that are pointed to us in Revelation chapter number 16, the same, that God is going to be triumphant over any nation that is against Israel. He is going to do away with them. He's going to make all things new. He's going to bring to him a people uh, that are his own. He will restore them. And again, we, the church is a part of this in a different way, and you can see that in the book of Revelation, but that's not what we're studying right now. But what I want to point out to you is that while this has this implication right here, it still has some application for us today. Because as we see this passage of Scripture play itself out, and as we see that when it comes time for God to judge those and he's judging them of how they have dealt with Israel we see that there is something for us in this as well because notice how this works for those folks when they come to the valley of decision they have already made their decision about what God is going to do see God, God knows what he's going to do they've already what they have done in their life, in the life of these nations, has now determined what is going to be done in the valley of decision. Are you following me on that, right? You got that. God is going to judge. He is a righteous judge. He is a good judge. But for them, there's no more time to make any decisions. There's no more time to figure it out or anything like that. Now, I want you to turn with me to the book of Matthew. The book of Matthew, chapter number 25. I didn't mark it. You're getting there as fast as I am. Matthew, chapter number 25. I want you to scroll all the way down to verse number 31. I want you to see if this language in this passage of Scripture sounds like the language that we read Before, when the Son of Man shall come in his glory and all the holy angels with him, then he shall sit upon the throne of his glory and before him shall be gathered all nations. Kind of sounds pretty similar, doesn't it? Notice what he'll do. And he shall separate them one from another as a shepherd Divideth his sheep from the goats, And he shall set the sheep on his right hand, but the goats on the left. Then shall the king say unto them on his right hand, Come ye blessed of my father, inherit the kingdom prepared for you from the foundation of the world. For I was unhungered, and ye gave me meat. I was thirsty, and ye gave me drink. I was a stranger, and ye took me in. Naked, and ye clothed me. I was sick, and ye visited me. I was in prison, and ye came unto me. Then shall the righteous answer, saying, Lord, when saw we thee and hungered and fed thee, or thirsty and gave thee drink? When saw, when saw we thee a stranger and took thee in, or naked and clothed thee? And when saw thee we, or saw we thee sick or in prison and came unto thee? And the king shall answer and say unto them, Verily I say unto you, Inasmuch as ye have done it unto the least of these my brethren, ye have done it unto me. Then shall he say also unto them on the left hand, Depart from me, ye cursed, into everlasting fire prepared for the devil and his angels. He goes again, For I was unhungered, and ye gave me no meat. I was thirsty and ye gave me no drink. I was a stranger, and ye took me not in. Naked, and ye clothed me not. Sick, and in prison, and ye visited me not. Then shall they also answer, saying, Lord, when saw we thee in hunger, or a thirst, or a stranger, or naked, or sick, or in prison, did not minister unto thee? Then shall he answer them, saying, Verily I say unto you, inasmuch as ye did it not, one of the least of these he did it not to me and these shall go away into everlasting punishment but the righteous into life eternal that finishes our discourse on the Mount of Olives as he's given it that time but I want you to notice and I want us to look at this real quick as we make the application for us today here we see an end of times that Jesus speaks about Notice what he says. When the Son of Man shall come in his glory and all of the holy angels with him, he shall sit upon his throne. This is Jesus speaking about the fact that I will come back one day. I will come back in power and in glory and I will rule and I will reign, right? It's pretty plain, right? I mean, I hope that you saw that one when we read it right there. That's what he's talking about. I'm coming back one day and when I do... I'm going to be judge. And I'm going to judge everyone. We're going to set the sheep over here, and we're going to set the goats over here. And this will be the determining. And, you know, this is one of those passages of Scripture that it's just tough. It does a lot with it. I can tell you that there's a lot of folks that want to, and I don't want to drop names. I'm not names of people, but types of theology that might want to go well the book of matthew you know that's for the jewish people hold on he shall and before him shall be gathered all nations how many nations i'm going to tell you something that our preacher taught me many many years ago all means all and that's all all means remember that have you heard him say that before i've heard him say that before Is it just the Jewish nation? Does this only apply to them then? Nope. It's all of us. It's all of us. We will be judged according to things that have been done. Now, you come to this passage of Scripture and you're going to be like, Mike, please don't come and preach to us work salvation. Trust me, I'm not going to preach to you work salvation. We We are saved by faith and grace in our Lord Jesus Christ. That is what happens, not by works lest any man should boast. But there is something that's being said here that's really, really important that goes along back with what he's saying in Joel chapter number three. As a matter of fact, again, you gotta like that Schofield Bible. When you get to the top of 31, he again references Joel chapter three, verses 11 through 60. Pretty amazing, isn't it? Pretty good. Pretty good study Bible right there. Anyway, so here he is and he says, listen, you can go back to that one and there's there's something similar that's being done. He said back in that one, they are being judged by what? How they treated who? Israel. How are they being judged by who they treated in this passage? Hmm, Jesus. He said, I was was hungry. I was naked. I was, and you came to me. And they were like, wait a minute, you weren't here. So you see all these ones here? They're in need. That was me, right? I was giving you opportunity. How you treat Jesus, it's really not that hard when you start breaking it down. When we stand before God to be judged, what will we be judged upon? How we treated Jesus. I think that makes sense, doesn't it? It's pretty plain. When it comes my time to stand before God and he looks upon what has been going on in my life, he is going to say, what did you do with Jesus? I'm going to say, Put my life in him. I, I, he, he was. It's him, right? It's him. I love what Alistair Begg says about that. If we claim anything when we get to heaven, we're starting on the wrong page. All that we can go is that man right there, Jesus, he said I could be here. That's all I know. That's it. That's all I know. He said I could be here. And so when we come, we see this. Now, I want you to notice this passage of Scripture just for a few moments. I'm going to preach Tonight You're going to be so surprised at it. But what a beautiful passage of scripture. Can I say, if we were asking ourselves, what should we do in the kingdom of heaven? Can I say that we're giving given a list right here? We should feed the hungry. Amen. It's still our job. We should find those that are in need of a spiritual drink and a physical drink. Go and find them and be a blessing wherever they were. Were they a stranger? We ought to take them in. And we just park on that one just for two, like two seconds. Strangers come into church, don't they? Church, it's our job to take them in. Remember that little passage of scripture about you might be uh, hosting angels unaware? That's a pretty, I, I think we ought to take that one a little bit more serious, right? I also think that we ought to look and see, because this is, I, I'll tell you, the devil's good at this. Because when, What does it mean to be a stranger? Strange, right? Not like you, different, right? They're going to be all of those things. Hey, I'm preaching to the choir tonight. When folks come in, they're not going to look like us, okay? They're not going to act like you. They're not going to know how to get the hymn book out. Their kids are going to be, we don't really care about kids being disruptive. Your kids are, who cares, right? I'm just, <laughs> that was a joke, okay? Seeing if you were awake, because your kids are rowdy too, amen? See them running around after church, knocking over old people, amen? You know, our kids are rowdy in here. And so, but they're going to be different, right? They're going to have all kinds of baggage with them too, Right? all kinds of issues, you're not going to want to deal with it. You're going to want to be like, nah, let's just, uh, let's do it a different way. Ah, you know, they need to learn. Yes, they do. But they need to know that Jesus loves them. Amen. And that we love them and that we'll take care of them and then we can teach them. Amen. Because Jesus has been long suffering with us. Has he not? Amen? Because how many times do we get on our pride horse, right? Which is just as bad as whatever sin horse they're riding in on, right? Yeah, but he's long suffering with us. They were a stranger. Jesus said, I was a stranger and you took me in. You want to know? You want to know how to, like I said, I think this is just a great list for the church. Look at those, they're so good. I was a stranger to me, naked and you clothed me. Amen, let's keep doing that. I was sick. You visited me. Amen, sometimes those young preachers go, why do we go around and visit the sick? Well, because the Bible, told okay, that's it, buddy. That's what we do around here. <laughs> we just take the word of God at face value and we do what he asks us to do. No, it encourages them, amen? When they're sick and they've been separated from the house of God for a long time, they need somebody to come and visit them, Amen. I know and I'm looking around here at people in our church who make that a habit as part of their own ministry, that they visit sick people and go and reach out to them. And I can tell you that is a blessing to those people. Sometimes they're on the verge of going into depression and discouragement, but somebody comes along and visits with them and talks to them about the Lord. What a blessing, amen? (laughs) Thank you, Harry. He said, end of argument, okay. That means move on, Mike. What that mean? <laughs> Sorry, I couldn't resist it, Harry. You just set it up and I had to spike it, okay? Uh, you visited me. I was in prison and you came unto me. Amen. We ought to visit those that need it the most as well. I was encouraged the other day. This is kind of ironic in a way. I got a call from the Cecil County Detention Center. And they said, we want to make sure that so-and-so are really affiliated with your church. They want to come in and work with the prisoners. And I said, yes, I know who those people are. Amen. What an encouragement. Amen. We see a list right there of who we should work with. Now, I want us to think about this right now. Again, we understand that as we look at this list and as we go down it, that this is not what we're saying. You need to go out and do this so that you're born again, so that you're saved. No, 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 no. We understand that when we see these, that if the heart of Christ beats in us, then it is the heart that will do this because truly Jesus came not to be his words, right? Not the son of man came not to be ministered unto, but to minister. Did he not? The three and a half years that we see of his life recorded for us, It seems like almost every second of it is filled with meeting the needs of everyone. If they were sick, he said, bring them. He said, if you can't get them to me, I'll send word home with you that everything's going to be. Traveled, he went, ministering to the needs of people like us. That are so far beneath we still get that right like can we even just stop and appreciate that one thing for just a moment before we look down on the homeless before we look down on those that are struggling with drugs before all of those things can we remember those simple words but for the grace of God there go I and even if you are somehow been blessed by the grace of God remember that God Himself in the form of Christ, humbled Himself and came where you were, and it never seems like once was He condescending towards a sinner that He reached down and touched it. But He was filled with mercy. This is our Christ. We are to go and do likewise, and we have this opportunity all around us when we see those in need to do this. We're going to be judged about it one day. Oh, it's not judged on the deeds. It's that God can see in your heart, right? This isn't here. This isn't here so that God can go, Oh, I counted it up and you were good more than you were bad. Come on in. No. God's given this right here, warning of us in the scriptures way before we get there so that we can look and test our hearts. That's what He's doing. He's looking at it and saying, you need to do a test on your heart. Because if you have been born again, and Jesus Christ, the Holy Spirit, has is, is indwelling you and living in you, then this, then what Christ is doing, it's going to be in monumental things and in tiny things that the heart of Christ is going to show up in your life all the time. You will be like Christ. It's not... And again, we kind of started out in left field and you thought Mike was being crazy, but when we bring it home, it kind of makes sense, doesn't it? A Christian will be Christ-like. And it is monumental things that happen in our life. But when I look at this passage of Scripture, I'm reminded that it's also these little, bitty things that happen all over the place. And I have to ask myself, Does my heart break or what breaks it? Or am I different? Do I just think, oh, I can't. Oh, there's no help in them. Man, I'm glad that he didn't give up on us. Every head bowed. Every eye closed. I wrote this as, as I closed this out. The decision is now for me and you. In monumental moments, but in also in also tiny moments every day. I'm revealing my heart. I'm revealing my heart. But most importantly, I'm revealing it. Your heavenly Father, we thank you for the opportunity to come in your house this evening. We pray that you'd be with us as we have a short time of invitation. Pray that you just use it. In your name we pray, amen. We'll stand together, we'll sing. Have How thine
2: deep the Father's love for us How best beyond all men that he would give his only son to make a wretch his Mar the chosen one, bring many sons to.